Hello and welcome to the NCETM podcast with me, Gwen Trezida from NCETM Communications. This is the ninth in our series of short episodes covering the coronavirus school closure period. Today I've got secondary teacher Deb Fries with me. Deb teaches and is the research associate at Durrington High School in uh, Sussex and she's also the secondary co-lead for the Sussex Maths Hub. I'm delighted to talk to her today and keen to know what partial reopening is looking like at her school how this is being managed alongside remote learning and what her thoughts are about September. This conversation is being recorded on Monday the 29th of June. For some schools, this will be the third week that they've they've opened their doors in a limited way to year 10s and 12s. And it seems that around the country, there are almost as many many ways of managing this as there are schools. At the end of this week, lockdown is being all but lifted in many aspects of our lives. But as anyone working in schools or with children at home knows, life is very far from back to normal for children and young people. So, Deb, it's lovely to have you here. Can you tell me how you found lockdown period and what your working week looks like now? Oh, it's been um, it's been interesting. Um, my other half works for the NHS. And so he's been at work. He works four days a week, as I do. He's been at work pretty much all the time. We have two primary age children who have been at home with me for most of the time. Um, we decided that we didn't want to send them in initially. Um, that has been really challenging. They're lovely, but it's been incredibly difficult trying to manage working, me working and me trying to homeschool them. Um, so far, I've been in school one day a week throughout, mostly supervising key workers up to the last um, couple of weeks. We made the decision to send our two children back to school for three days a week last week. I think we decided that, you know, things have started to ease off a bit. Um, but in a big way, they needed the change of scene and I needed to be able to get on and, and actually work properly because I've been trying to stick to a sort of normal working day um, and keep them entertained and, and working. But it's like multitasking like I have never done before, trying to um, keep a, an eight year old and a 10 year old sort of on task and not disturbing me and, and you know, happy and and. That's been very, very difficult. So so that was during lockdown. So what's your wor- working week looking like now? Are you back more? Um, I'm still only in on a one day a week. But now I'm instead of supervising key worker children, I'm teaching. Okay. Um, but just one lesson. So the way that we've organised it at my school is the year 10s are split into small groups each group will come in for four days of the week, Monday to Thursday on one week. And in those four days, they will have one two hour lesson a day. So one day they have maths, one day English, one day science and one day the option of their group's choice. So each student has been asked to sort of opt for their preferred option subject that they're going to get a lesson in. And presumably the group that you've got isn't necessarily the year 10s you were teaching before lockdown. Is that right? No, completely mixed, completely mixed, random. Um, I've had up to nine or ten students and I've had as few as four. I think I had the group last week who opted to do their textiles GCC. And of course, the textiles group is larger than that, but only the four of them adopted to do that as their chosen option this week. Right. OK, so you're not seeing the same students every week either, is that? No, no, because we've got so many students to get through. Yeah. Each yeah. each year ten will hopefully have one week's worth of lessons. 
Right. OK. So does that mean that each from a student point of view, each year 10 will perhaps have one maths lesson before the summer? Yep. Wow. Yep. OK. <laughs> so how on earth do you decide what to teach in that lesson? And have you done that department wide? Yes, we did. We um, we decided we realised that we just basically needed to plan one lesson because we wouldn't see a student more than once. Um, and we knew, again, it would be com a complete mixture of students. So we wanted something that was valid across higher and foundation. That was something that we had tried to go through during lockdown. So uh, we chose Pythagoras theorem because it was one of the first topics that was we were supposed to teach just as everything closed. So right. a lot of us had tried to set that for an online learning. Now, obviously, some of the year 10 students would have come across that before. Most of them would have come across it before in a small way. But but um, some of the foundation students really wouldn't have done it in any kind of depth. So we wanted to recap that, but do something that um, we could try to adapt the lesson so it would suit any level. I think our main thing was we wanted to give them an experience where they weren't scared and they weren't um, worried about any work that they should have done that they hadn't. Um, and we wanted to get their confidence up again and get them feeling like they can do it and it's worth persevering and that maths is fine and that school is fine. So um, although because they're in four days, the person who had the Monday lesson did more of the sort of how are you, how's it been type of thing. Um, we've started our lesson off with general um, diagnostic questions on various topics and use mini whiteboards for most of the time so that we've just tried to reassure them and get them answering and having a go. I've found that, you know, I get one or two students in the group who are really reluctant and can't say, oh, I can't remember, I can't remember anything and really trying to reassure them that it's not about getting it right or wrong. It's about discussing the processes of what they're thinking and, and how they're doing things and um, just giving them the confidence to be answering in class again. Have you sensed that there's been more reluctance and, and a, lo a loss of confidence? Uh, yeah, it's difficult to say not having known them. Um, and of course, they're always a little bit reticent because they don't know me, you know, so they're not used to, to how I teach. I, I've only taught, I think, one person that I've known previously. But um I think they are a little bit to start with, a little bit unsure of themselves and unsure of what's right. But they're um, they've been getting back into it quite quickly. And I think they've really enjoyed coming in and really enjoyed what they've been doing. And um, what about the other year groups, years seven to nine and also maybe year six you're thinking about? Do you anticipate mm. seeing any of them at all before the summer? I I don't think so at the moment. Um, certainly our plans. I know things are changing with the government all the time, but um at the moment, I'm not aware of any other plans. We're trying to keep, um, you know, obviously keep in touch and keep on with the online learning. But again, I think with such a big school, it will be difficult to slot that into place as well. OK, so um, I'm, I'm going to ask you about September now. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, you're, I'm sure your thoughts will be informed by having seen some living, breathing students. Well, I think, you know, we're doing various things. I mean, one of the things that... Um, we've been doing since I started at Durrington is trying to introduce more teaching for mastery style um, learning and um, we actually had an inset day on Friday where we spent the day collaborating in lesson planning we did actually manage to all get into school but we just worked in 
groups of socially distant groups of three um, <laughs> doing some collaborative planning for next year. And that was really good because we really looked at the um, the idea of going in small steps and trying to teach in such a way that we can bring the whole class on and we can go through misconceptions and move through things gradually. So I would like to think that that style of teaching might be better for gap filling because we're not, a, a, you know, having a lot of assumed knowledge at the start. We may be in a situation where we would have um, year sevens in mixed attainment groups right from the start, at least for a while from next year, which which they haven't done at my school previously. Okay. So we will need to be able to to teach a mix of, of prior attainment and prior engagement, you know, so I think that in a sense will be a good thing because we've thought hard as a department about how we can, um, you know, construct the lessons in such a way to to do that. Um, in terms of the year groups that are already in school, that are already at um, our school, I know we're going to really concentrate on doing recall starters based on what they should have covered in remote learning. So. When we started, certainly after Easter, we we came up with a, like a revised scheme of work where we decided what general topics each year group was going to cover that would be mainly revision, but new topics that we thought that they could cope with that didn't require a lot of teacher input. So know what those topics are that they should have gone through and we'll go back and do those, um, concentrate on recall starters for those in the first um, turn back and then the teachers should will be able to you know assess how they've got on and what needs to be retaught and I wanted to ask you about the, the your role as a research school actually um have you got any sense of any useful research around either remote learning or catch-up recovery learning okay so we looked at what the EEF guidelines have um said with their sort of very quick summary of the research there's been into remote learning um, one of the, the things was that live teaching is not necessarily the the best way to go about things. It can be great, but it, it isn't, um, you know, something that's that's sort of the be all and end all. So our school certainly hasn't gone down that route of, of needing all teachers to teach live lessons. You know, there are other aspects of remote teaching that can work just as well, depending on the situation. So. I think that's been reassuring for us as teachers um, in terms of coming back in September. I know there have been studies into um, other situations such as the earthquake in Christchurch, where, in fact, they found that there were very few gaps in learning. And I know the EEF have produced some um, documents recently where they're trying to sort of predict what the learning loss could be. And one of the problems is that it's so variable. Um, I think people are trying to really catch up with what research is around, but a lot of it is is not necessarily valid for our situation. So mm. um, a lot of the remo remote learning research is for university students and um secondary school students and obviously primary school students are very different so we're trying to keep abreast of things and pull things together as we go and and it's been quite interesting having to write blogs and and we're trying to pull things together but um it's a still a big work in progress i think okay um the, the only other thing i wanted to ask you about was the process of uh, gcse grading and uh, and how that went it, it sounded like it 
a completely di- impossible task in many ways. Was it as was it as <laughs> difficult as it sounded? It was like it was going to be. Yes, I think it. I think it was. I mean, um, I'm I'm quite glad. I'm as I'm no longer head of department in this school. It's um, it's not been my primary role. So. But, you know, we had lots of online meetings trying to order students. And I think that's difficult because we're such a large school. I had a year 11 class, but there was an equivalent year 11 class. And although I know my students reasonably well, despite only having been there since September, (laughs) um, trying to dovetail them in with a class who should be of equivalent attainment and decide whether one needs to go above or below another was really difficult. Um, And I have a very... A good idea I think of what a of what a particular grade student would look like but I do worry about how much was that in the context of my old school and not in the context of my new school I mm. think I'm experienced enough to know but even so it's it's worrying and then of course we had level two further maths which would have been a new exam this year right because they're just moving on to the nine to one grade so there is there is no um precedent for for grading that as nine to one. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, Deb, and um, I wish you a, a long and uh, very restful summer holiday. I hope you actually managed to get away somewhere. Um, and it's been lovely to get a picture of a school opening because I think it's. I found this whole kind of schools being closed quite depressing, so it's nice to feel that they're starting to open up. And thanks too to our listeners. I hope that hearing Deb's experience has given some food for thought about managing the COVID recovery and online learning. Um, please do get in touch if you know a teacher we really ought to interview, or even if there's a question that you really wish I'd asked. Our email address is info at ncutm.org.uk, or you can find us on Twitter, or you can comment on the podcast page. Until next time, take care and goodbye.